Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's show, we celebrate one year of Roll for Combat. And this week, the guys start year two the same way they started year one, with Combat. What a surprise, it's only the name of the show. Also this week, instead of a GM PC tip, I'm going to talk about one year of Roll for Combat. I'm going to talk about how we've changed, how the show has changed, how everything in our lives have changed in the sense of role-playing and gaming because of this podcast, and in general just, oh, I don't know, changes galore, and why we did this in the first place. So here we are, episode 53, officially the one-year point, because we started the show on September 26th, 2017. And now it's September 25th, 2018. So ta-da, one year has gone by. 53 episodes. And we are still only halfway through book three. I do plan on finishing all of these books before next year. I promise our new method of speeding things up has actually been going really, really well. And in real life, we're much further along in book three than what's on the show. So hopefully we'll get done with book three in a couple months and then we'll start book four and book right through it because I'm very excited. I've been reading all the new Starfinder adventure paths. I really want to play them. I don't know if I can play all of them and edit them, but we're going to do what we can to try to just get as many of these out as possible. In addition, who would have thought that us just putting out this little podcast on this little game would turn into this huge community that we built? We have hundreds upon hundreds of people on our Discord channel playing dozens of games. We've become an official lodge. We've become very friendly with everyone at all levels of Paizo. We have a lot of them on the show now. A lot of them play with us, We're doing lots of interviews. Plus, we now have hundreds of people on our Discord channel and thousands upon thousands of active listeners on the show. This is really great. We've all been very excited to have everyone listening to the show and contributing to the Discord channel. I think our Discord channel is one of the nicest Discord channels. Everyone's always friendly to each other. Everyone's always very helpful to each other. Everyone will talk about any Paizo products, not just Starfinder, although obviously Starfinder is sort of the main focus of the Discord. But anything you want to talk about on our Discord channel, any Paizo products whatsoever, again, with just so much coming out with Starfinder and now Pathfinder 2 and all these new crazy adventure paths, there's just so much going on that, well, I guess we just jumped in at the right time. Anyhow, I want to save a lot of this for after the show, talk about the podcast, talk about how we started it, how it's changed us, all that fun stuff. So with that, let's jump right into the combat that these guys sort of fell into this nest of nasty vipers that sort of fly, don't fly, and they're going to get torn to pieces. Let's see what happens. All right, I'm going here, and I tell Mo of the, our communicators, like, this is as far as I go. I will, I'll watch you from here. 
Chris Beamer is playing the Lashunta operative, Hiroji. Why don't you use your telepathic powers? Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's too much of a display of power. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. John Statz is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. It's too ostentatious. Um, I don't feel anything in a 10-foot radius around me? No, no, no. You're going around. You're poking everything a 10-foot radius. You're fine. Again, you're just going through the silvery ash. I'll cover you with my rifle. I actually pulled my rifle out now. My new rifle. Okay. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go around. There's nothing in here. Give okay. me a perception check. 11. 11. Now so now you... it counts. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Now, now that it, now when it counts, he's gonna roll. Hey, we found that usual bad numbers. Me. I'm the guy that found that bracelet. That counted. That was the money. That's really counted. So you poke, and you feel like you hit something solid that isn't the ground. Like it gives a little uh, to the north of you, and as you poke it, suddenly shapes burst out of the ground. Uh oh, that's uh, that's a good sign. I think these are treasure creatures that are gonna, instead of they're gonna shower us with treasure. Well, we did already fight the treasure creatures, remember? Yeah. One. Yeah. The poop was worth treasure. No, that's right. So, and aren't those the ones that bit me and gave me an entire lifetime of disease? Yes. Mm, yes. Um, these things look like they have wings. Does this actual does this rock actually have atmosphere and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Atmosphere. Light, light atmosphere. Ah, please, Minox. Screelings, nothing more than screelings. Jason McDonald is playing the Ahsoki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone Cheddar. <laughs> nice. So these creatures on the surprise round pop out of the ground. Um, you seem to have disturbed them. They appear to be sort of, I don't know what you would describe them as. They're small, bat-like creatures that look like, I don't know, they look like Minox, (laughs) kind of. Like a combination of, I don't know, a dinosaur, pterodactyl with bat with uh, horribleness. And they are screeching at you. And Rusty's up. All righty. Well, maybe they, these are nice things. Uh, while I'm considering whether or not they're nice things, I throw a grenade at them. So their surprise round was them popping out. Okay. Which grenade? Uh, just a basic, simple frag grenade. I have so many of them. Okay. So, so many grenades to choose from. Uh, I hit the ground, but basically I'm looking for the spot where, you know, I won't get mowed. All right, you hit. So roll damage. It's a 1d6, I believe. Oh, that mighty 1d6. Yes. Nice. Actually, it looks like two of them failed. Two of them failed. They're safe. Nice. Three wow, points so of damage. Take the whole three damage versus the one point for the other one. So you hit them, and the grenade bounces off of them as if nothing happened. Can we, can we get a perception check uh, from, from Rusty before he's, his turn is over? 
Uh, I have to pull the grenade out and throw it, so that was actually oh. move and standard. Yep. So this creature takes its five foot. Okay, it's not five foot. It's whatever step. Because although it is difficult terrain for you, it is not difficult terrain for them. Is it actually difficult terrain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This whole everything you see is difficult terrain. Everything. Okay. So he takes a little step towards Mo, and he is going to claw you. And I, I'm just going to roll my fortitude check right no, now. No, misses. He misses because you have, he rolled an 18 because you have, you have actually really high armor. Yeah, I know, but there's three of them. And this one also tries to claw you and rolls a three for 15 and misses. And then the last one, they're surrounding Mo, but Mo. Oh my God, I can actually cleave. You can cleave. Except one finally hits you. Rolls a 30. Rolls an 18 for a 30. Seven points of damage. And a fortitude check. No? No, that's it. Wow. You're done. Tuttle's up. Tuttle knows combat's going on, but Tuttle cannot see any of this because you are behind a wall. Literally. Oh, the drift is that high? Can't we scream? Oh, no, no. The, that, uh... it's, that's a, that's a, that rock face in front of you. Oh, that's, that's an actual wall. Yeah, that's a wall. That's a wall of rock. Oh. Okay, I thought it was like a little, just a higher drift, snow drift or whatever. No, the, 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 those are, so like the, it's hard to tell, but look at that silty sand inside. That's all difficult terrain. Those large crescents are actual cliffs. Okay, well, I'm going to have Cheddar drive me a little closer. And then can I do a life sciences check to see if I know anything about these creatures? There are aberrations, so I think it would be mysticism. Well, I'll still give it a try. Aberrations are mysticism? I think so. Am I wrong? That sounds weird. Well, a 19. You know a ton Good about rolls continue. Uh... You, yeah, you're like, oh, I know what this is. This is a shriekling. These are the babies of that thing, if you're starting to figure it all out. These hatch from the dead bodies, and these are the babies of that thing that you fought. These are Shrieklings, and the other thing you fought was a Shriek Sire. That's the adult version. So these are just babies of that large thing, and they like to hang out in rocky planetoids, and they sort of live in this dust. You do know one very important thing. They have damage reduction. The only thing that can hurt them is cold iron. The only thing at all? Cold iron. Oh, good lord. No, it's damage resistant. They have DR cold iron. DR cold iron, which is why Rusty's grenade bounced off of them like nothing. It was honestly just like a test balloon anyway, so that's fine. Um, Well, uh, I think what that means is, Mo, could you... Just kill the three of them. I'll be outside. A few other things I'll give you because you rolled incredibly high. You don't want them to flank you or cluster around you because they will just go to town on you. They will go all Velociraptor on you. So right now they're just kind of surrounding Mo, but if they really get around him, he's going to be in big trouble. The good news is if they're babies, hopefully that means if we get past the DR, they're probably not all that strong. They're pretty easy. They're small. They're babies. And they can fly, 
But they uh, li seem to like... They're, they're very much like ground creatures. They will hang out on the ground, so they probably won't fly. The other thing is you interrupted their home, so they're probably going to fight you to the death because you just came into their lair. So I try to convey like the quick version of this to everyone else. Yeah. The headset. That's, that's more than enough for you to know. And Bad, don't go near it. Got it. Yeah. Yep. And they, and they have some resistance. Okay. We'll just hang out and let Mo kill them. Got it. Haroji. All right, let's try out this new rifle. Do it. Do it, Haroji. Is that a spread attack? Nope. That would be awesome. No, but it just does a ton of damage. Yeah, and I have too many. We I have too many weapons. Wow. Yeah, I think he likes it a lot. He does. Nice. Hits fifteen. The plus does... five is correct because the weapon specialization. Eighteen does. points of damage. All right, I like this gun. Are you done? I'm done. Mouse up. Kill it. Focus fire. Well, I'm wondering if I I really want to use cleave, but cleave, of course. Honestly, it's so much better to just do a full attack. I mean, no, it's not. Uh, uh, there is an argument that if you're ever going to do cleave, this is the time. Yeah. Well. I might as well. I took the feet. It's really never. Uh, do I have to declare that before I attack? Yeah. Okay. When it's okay. a standard action, you make a single melee attack with a foe, and then if you hit, you deal damage, and then you can make an one more attack using your full, and then you can make one additional per round with this feat. So when you use it, you also take a minus two to your uh, AC next turn. But basically you'll get to hit two at full attack or you can hit two at minus four each it's up to you yeah i mean <laughs> it's really <laughs> way better well no you have to hit it's not focus fire if way better is killing one focus fire is uh very important to take one out oh todd we forgot point. about hero uh cheddar uh is cheddar was cheddar doing anything i totally forgot about him um but i would have uh how much of an action was it to use the uh well, you moved and then a do standard, the, the so you would have a move left for Cheddar if you want to move him up. Oh, um, well, have Mo go first, and then we'll take care of Cheddar. Well, I'm willing to punt for this round since I didn't think of it. So don't okay. Worry about it. All right. Mo, okay, ready. so I'm going to cleave. I'm going to talk the uh, the left one. Is that actually a full attack where I cannot move? No, I it's a standard, I don't think it so is. you can okay. move after. Yeah. But it's on difficult terrain, so you would provoke on all of them. Oh, yeah, forget that then. I got my back to the wall anyway. True. Okay. Go, go, Mo, go. Kill. This attack. is the cleave. You hit. You did 13 damage. Well, only 8, because 5 was mitigated. Wait, wait. He got a D8. He rolled. He hit. He did 13 points of damage. <laughs> you actually did minimum damage. 1 minimum D8 damage. plus 12. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But you get another. That one he did. Almost max damage. He hits for 18 for 13 points of damage. So you hit both. And they don't like yeah. that. Kind of like what I do. <laughs> Cheddar. Oh. No, it's rusty. Rusty. Yeah, honestly, I don't even know what to do in this situation because high it. damage is not my thing. So, eh. At least I can at least help with the armor class on one of them. All right. Roll I will... for combat. Should make them flat-footed or something? Yeah. Well, that's what I. As I'm they do. fly through the uh, air. Yeah. If I moved five feet closer, though, I'd also be able to use my 15 range weapon and maybe do actual damage. So 
I'm going to do the stupid. Disintegration. Yes, nice. now I'm going nice. to disintegrate. Oh, the bravery. Oh, by the way, you have a plus one uh, to your attacks because I'm in melee and uh, at least to that one. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't worry about that. I oh, missed. but you rolled the four for a yes, ten. Yes. Eleven. We'll call so, it eleven. I moved forward for nothing. Well, maybe claw, you'll claw, draw claw. attack. Would be nice. Oh, they hit Hiroji. Sorry, Hiroji. Hit Mo for twenty-nine for eight points of max damage. This guy comes over. Flanking, coming. Claws Mo and misses with a twenty-two. Nice. Oh wait, you have a minus two to your AC. Still missed you though. Now it's a yeah, minus Cleave is a four to your AC because they are flanking you and clawing at you. Hits you with a 28. Does a mere five points of damage. Except for one small problem. You also take one point of extra damage as you are now bleeding from mm. attack. They managed to sort of surround you and go to town at you, so you now have bleed. What that means is the beginning of every turn, you're going to take one point of bleed damage until you do a successful DC 15 medicine check as a standard action, or anything that restores hit points will heal your bleeding. Otherwise, you take that every round when you go. So that circumvents stamina? Like, if he had stamina left? I don't know if he does, but... No, it doesn't stamina, but you can only heal it by healing hit points. So... So that so that bleed comes off his stamina first, or does it yeah. actually go right to the hit points? No, it, it actually comes off his stamina, it, but it can't be affected. Basically, if, for example, the Envoy has a has a ability where they can heal stamina, that will not work on bleed effects. Okay. As opposed so don't, to a Mystic. Don't, don't, don't tell them that. They're gonna want that. No, oh, don't true. tell them that. Okay. True. Yeah, we've never seen. Do we have an envoy with us? I, we need actually. We need to hire. <laughs> uh, I, I, we should hire an envoy. I we agree. should. They're That's useful. Great ability, and I think they, we should definitely. They are a good support class. They can help us with stuff. If you okay, have one. Okay. Well, you I'm going to. I'm going to overcharge my weapon since that's likely to be the only way I can do damage against these guys, and I'm going to shoot the one that you have a clear shot to, and you get a plus one. Which shoot her, Doctor Tuttle. And then I think I get an extra D6 damage. Yeah, so... All together, that equals five points of damage. You don't heal it. Now Cheddar oh, and then goes. Cheddar is already where I am, right? Yes, we'll I'm say, still riding him. Yeah, we'll just put him there, just for... Yes, we can say he's you're on top of him, so there you go. Although, I've got to look into that because there's like a command. Like, it's active to actually move him, but whatever. We'll, we'll take care of that. Oh, you're moving all the way up there. Well, it's still... Actually, no, that would, prov that would provoke, so... And more importantly, it's difficult terrain. So one less. Well, it's difficult terrain, so it's going to be a lot less. Oh, doesn't he have, like, jump jets or something? If he wants to use them, sure. But he can still move 15. Yes, since he can he's, move 15. Yeah, so he can move to there. Yeah, that's fine. He still has an attack left, so... That is correct. So are you on him while he's like doing Bucko Bronco and like yeah. trying to attack? Awesome. Yeah. So you're at. It's only. It's it's your the the plus on weapon special edition is your level unless it's a small arm or operative weapon. 
which is you might want to think about getting a long arms proficiency. Maybe. I don't know. Hiroji, you're up. Okay, good. Um, could I shoot this one? Or do I have to move? Yeah, well, you'll have cover, so you probably want to move. I mean, you don't need to reload because it's an nope, energy. Nope, I move there. So, and, yeah. I sh- and I'm not using the aiming thing, so I don't need the 500 yeah. feet. Yeah. So I attack. Yeah, it's just a great weapon. You literally found an awesome weapon. I did. Do you? Oh, you don't have flanking. That's not melee. Nope, no flanking. <laughs> 13 damage, 18 for 13, hit for 17. You, you're you doing really, really good damage. Nice. It's not dead yet. So much for uh, Trick Attack, huh? This thing... Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Trick Attack, I probably would do more damage, but I have to make the roll, you know, or oh, else I do I no damage. Oh, yeah, no, the roll is terrible. This is, like, one hit, and you're doing very good damage. It's like, yep. you've done, what was All it? All right, I'm going to waste my turn and do 18, a cleave. 13, you've done a lot. You have an, an okay chance of killing it, so the first one, as long as you hit. And that's where the problem yeah. is. Cleave sucks. This is the last time I'm using that. No, you Cleave, can't. Cleave absolutely you can't do sucks. it. You only... Nope. Oh, that's right. Of course. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a horrible deal. This is the worst game trait. In, you took in, in, in you just one wasted point feet. of damage. It's, it's a wasted... You could retrain. Complete wasted you can, you can Rusty is up. All right, so I may be blowing an ability. Um, I will try to disintegrate the one that is just simply 10 in front of me, and I will also try and bluff it so whoever attacks it next at least gets a bonus. That may be a waste because it's the most damaged, but we'll go from here. Excellent. So hold on. Bluffing first. Uh, Bluff of 37. Do, Do I successfully bluff it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I attack it, and it is flat footed. One point of damage. Oh, oh, I forgot. Oh, and you're it's dead. Woohoo! <laughs> That's so awesome. Okay. Oh, my God. That is so awesome. Can I yeah. now roll my... Can I add my 32 bluff to the, uh, the to convincing them all that I hit it in a brilliant manner that killed it? Rusty, you saved the day. You really did. That is brilliant. So the other Thank one... You. I'm actually going to move this dead one out of the way. Yeah, I know. They're going to flank me no matter what. Flank you! Hello, flanker. Uh-oh. Is that... Wait, wait, wait. Is... Is that is that a five foot step? Cause no, it was well, yeah. It's a five foot step for them because this is step. their natural. It's a oh step. yeah. Ouch. Did it crit twice? No, no, it critted and then rolled ten points of damage on you. Actually, I uh, hate to say it, it actually one extra because it does an extra when it's flanking. Oh my god, Mo, he's still standing though. Mo's tough. And then this one will also... Now, this one doesn't have to move, so I think it's going to claw you twice. Oh, double attack. Full attack, we call that in the biz. Yeah. Minus four in each. That's right, and he has a minus four to his AC. A minus two to his AC. One extra damage. As he hits you with a 27. Claws again on Mr. Mo. And misses by a mile. They have two claw attacks? Yeah, he did claw claw. He did a full attack. And he just had a minus four. And oh, that's he right. he hits you with the first one. And you had a minus two to your AC. Um, and the second one, he rolled a four, so it wasn't even close. And he also rolled very well. I mean, what did he roll? He rolled a 20, a 27. So we were natural 20, 27, and then 16. So, yeah, two out of three. And you are still bleeding. Bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. Tuttle's up. Oh, crud. Um, Mo is doing fine. I mean, I, I 
And waste another three charges to do zero That's damage again. Fine. He's taking it like a man, or like a Vesk in this case. I'm going to go ahead and overcharge. You can crit. Do it for the crit. As I'm attacking the Shriekling. The one closest to me, yeah. You hit. Give me your extra damage. Wow, guess what? You did 11 points of damage, so you hit for six. Yay! Oh, that is so wonderful. Yay, Mr. Uh, Tuttle. Uh, I'm going to move Cheddar. I'm going to stay where... I mean, I'm going to stay on Cheddar and I'm going to move Cheddar. Oh, wait. You were using your gun, but you were point blank? That would do attack of opportunity. Uh, that's fair. I'll tell... Whatever. This is new for both of us. Wait, wait, wait. Have they done full attacks, though? It doesn't matter. He just does attack of opportunity. Uh. And it did one... Wait, how's that possible? Oh, because you have damage mitigation! Yeah, but only versus fire and cold, so... That's weird. Should have been six. All right. Yeah, I gotta check that out. Something's wrong. Yes, because you fired point blank and you're next to him. He does hit you, but it's only six points of damage. A mere... Has Mo been getting scratch. five less damage? Why does Mo get five less damage? No, 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 no. Has Mo been getting five less damage when these things attack? It may not be a problem with Tuttle. It may be a problem with their attack. No, 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 no. Okay, it's, it's just making sure it's fair. Flanking, flanking, too. He rolls for four points of damage with his bat and does zero. All right, I'm going to try and do something fancy, but, I, but I love forget the fact that... I forget all the rules. So. <laughs> I, love, I love the fact that, that as Hiroji moves around these things, Cheddar gets between them and Hiroji. Oh, sorry, I didn't think about that. That's all right. I was planning, I was planning on moving anyway. I think, I think that's so awesome. <laughs> That is okay. Um, all right. So I have abilities. I have I have skills. Um, I want to use something called uncanny mobility. And I'm going to declare that one that's closest, the one that's uh, adjacent, the closest one to me is my trick attack target. And so that allows me to not take some attacks of opportunity from it. Really? Okay. Yes. Nice. Right. I'm doing something fancy. It's called uncanny mobility. Oh, lordy freaking da. And I'm going to move. And I don't suffer the effects of the first 20 feet of movement for me is not difficult terrain. It does not affect me. Because I have another feet, Agile something. So I can move there. Right? And like have my rifle in my left hand. And as I'm moving, I'm drawing my, my uh, electric pistol. And I am doing my trick attack on that one to the south. Rusty watches all this and he thinks that it was some uncanny movement. It was uncanny mobility. I am unable to can it. All right, so it's DT, DC is 20 plus is CR against this roll plus two. I don't even know what you're doing, but a 32 is <laughs> right, ridiculously no. high, so... Right, that's my trick attack roll. All right, here's my attack. What are you using? Using your regular, your regular gun for this? Yes. Okay, but you had to pull it out. Right, which I drew it as I was moving. It's part of moving the Moving turn, yeah. Doing a lot of fancy stuff here. Well, I, I never hit with the trick attack. All right, it's I, uncanny. It's uncanny, these moves. Well, we'll say, Will this actually work? I'm not sure. You did it. Give nice. me trick attack damage. First time ever. This is the first time it's ever happened. You've actually done your trick attack. All right, so it's whatever the damage, it's 1d6 plus 2 plus this number. Right, I have the original. I want to add it all together because it'll all go together against the... Um... All right, decent rolls. That's... Now... 
So you did 18 total. Okay. Nice. Plus, plus it's oh boy. flat-footed to me. Right. And a debilitating it's off target now also. Oh, God. You finally remembered <laughs> how to do fancy. that. You finally right. What is off What's target that do? do? What's that do? It's just a minus two for it to hit. Any, anytime uh, it tries me? to hit. Any, yeah, you, anyone. Yep. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, now it's a good ability. Very nice. Off target condition. Very nice. That was pretty fancy. You've been trying to do that for like... I know. Like eight episodes. Well, there's a lot of moving you parts. I mean, I have to make two rolls. I have to roll the, the, the trick attack roll, or else I do no damage. And uh, and then I have to roll the hit. It's annoying. Yeah. Well, now you got but it. When it lands, it's good. You're now in it. All right, go. Go, Mo. It's, it's, it's so fancy that Mo feels bad for Hiroji, and he's not going to attack the the weak one. Just so that that week one will be around for next turn for you guys to get the bonus. So I'm going to do a full attack on the uh, the dude from the uh, on the right of the guy to the right. Yeah, the east. Actually, no, I'm taking flanking. Are you kidding me? Uh, oh, that's right. You yeah, almost, full attack. Yeah, yeah forget fine. about all of that. I'm taking flanking. <laughs> okay, and. Uh, because we have a conga line of death here. Yeah, I've got a minus four for the full attack, so. By the way, you take one point of damage from the bleed. When are bleeding stacks? <laughs> Mo, for some reason you clicked on Cheddar. Try again. Hey, don't attack Cheddar. What are you have you, you? Yeah, I have you attacking Cheddar. Sorry. <laughs> oh, there you go. Sorry, Cheddar. You are within my reach, you realize. And, and this is the beauty of full attack. Oh, God. Oh, you killed you killed the one you're flanking, and now you're going after yeah. the other one. You hit that one too, but for for minimum damage because it does have mitigation. So hey, the versatility is just eight points of damage beyond good. Um, sorry about that. I just wanted to end that one's life so I don't get get bleeded like a stuck pig. Oh, you already are bleeding, and you are a stuck pig. Rusty's up. Okay, how much cover does it have at this point? Well, you are... It's in the air, though. No, it's not in the air. It's on the ground. They have wings, but they, they hang oh. out on the ground. They, they don't oh, like to okay. fly that much. They, they're and... like babies, so they're not... They're on the ground. They're actually... It actually says that, that they kind of hop around on the ground and attack you. Um, <laughs> it has at least a minus four, because you're like... It's between the fact that it's yeah. Mo and you have... A wall, minus eight. You're going to have to move to get a much better shot. Well, so it's me getting a better shot or me just making an attack from here so that it's flat-footed to everybody else. I'm going to guess the latter is probably more valuable. All right, uh, fine. I'm attacking at minus eight, and my bluff hopefully will be great. You might do it. Am I able to make an attack? If yeah, so, definitely. Like bluff yeah, there's a line. The point is that yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. distracting it and confusing it. You can it see it, and you can draw a line to it. It's just not great. Give it a little razzle-dazzle. All right, bluff of 33. It's like, huh? They actually understand language. They're kind of smart. And I'm going to use my crappy gun. Hold on. Oh, please, sir. My I... Oh, my God. You hit. I hit? <laughs> With a minus eight, he hit. Well, but I won't be able to oh, do wow. damage without the disintegrator. There was and no you should have. <laughs> I, I should have attacked the disintegrator. Wait, I want to know. I want to roll the damage on the disintegrator. 
Because you rolled a 23, and it had a minus 2, so it was only a minus 6, and it has a really low AC. You easily hit. So that's fine. At any rate, it's flat-footed all the rest of you. All, all, y- all y'all kill it. Yay! Never tell him the odds. You killed its brother and sister. It's going to go crazy on you, and claw, 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 claw. Weed. Misses you. Hits you. So it clawed you, hits you, and now you tunnels up. And it's got through my stamina. I am dying. I'm oh, bleeding. That's right. It did get through your stamina. You're now into bleed mode. That's all right, Mo. I'm coming okay. to the rescue. Um, I'm going to have Cheddar move north one so I can kind of get a better shooting angle. Is there a way you can get between... <laughs> no, nothing. Sorry. Should I still have that plus one or to hit? Or is that old? No, you have to... Uh, as long as I'm not giving that thing cover, then I give you a plus one to hit. It's called a coordinated shot. So I'm using my melee weapon to, like, push that thing toward you. <laughs> That's how I prefer to think of it. Oh, my goodness. Hit! With what? What'd you roll? You hit it. You actually did nine points of damage. So four points of damage after mitigation. Hooray! And I'm just going to leave. Ch- I'm just going to leave Chatter where he is. I don't think he can do much that would do damage, unfortunately. Doctor Tuttle is a freaking tight. Oh, did you get off Cheddar? I moved myself to where Cheddar and I were going to relocate, so I have a better oh, okay. shooting angle. Is Cheddar doing anything from that angle? No, because none of his attacks, unless I crit, they can they can't do enough damage anyway. Hiroji, you're up once again. All right. Are you, don't do that. Oh, God. Here we'll we move go. there. Just to get a clear shot. I'll Plus do trick attack again. Let's do Plus it. Plus three, oh, flat-footed. We started, we started a monster. It's a 26. 27. 26. Does it? Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, it's 26. Yeah, special ability. Doesn't matter. He does it. He does it. Okay, here's the flat-footed. attack. It's flat-footed. Is it flat-footed? Yeah, it is. Because you did your trick. You did your trick attack. Uh, you hit it. Give me the extra damage. Nice. Decent rolls. You hit. Nice. 14. You did 19 points of damage. That's how we do it, bro. Are you, like, are you taking notes? <laughs> <laughs> we are taking notes. You're doing really well against the CR3 creatures. Nice. Um, okay. Bleeding. Mo is bleeding. You're up. And say goodbye to our little friend. Goodbye, little friend. Oh, that's that's not a good attack. But the second attack. No, attack come on, again. To save the day. The flanking in there, so it was messing up the calculation. So attack again. Well, it's flat-footed. Yeah, flat-footed. So basically, same thing. And off target. Oh, I'm surprised nice that died. Job, I, I'm surprised that killed it. All right. Well, this is great. Three of us each killed one of them. That's great. <laughs> is, uh, is he still Mo bleeding? Or shit? Oh, yeah. He's going to keep bleeding. All until right. Let's someone... try to make a medicine check. So that keeps happening until until he dies or someone heals him. Well, this is Mo's medicine check. Eleven. Uh, fail? Get out of the way. It hurts when I do this, doctor. Oh, Total wait, ten wait, fails. Wait, 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 wait. You get out of the way for a second. How awesome. This is where Mo dies. Hold on. Huddle sticks a finger in the wound and makes dies. it worse. He dies. Ow. Using. Oh. I gotcha. I gotcha. Oh, 17. 
Hiroji. Finally. Saves the day. Hiroji totally saved. He owned that combat. He, he killed everything single-handedly by himself. Thank you. I do appreciate the accolades. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and Hiroji, as he's standing around there in the north, which is where uh, Mo felt the crunch, you actually were feeling things under you, and there's definitely something there. Like, there's definitely something there. Activate flashlight and perception it. Okay. Give me a perception. While he does that, I'm going to use a serum on Mo. Can I do that? Okay. Yeah, of course you can. Ah, uh, there's two. All right, do another serum. There he goes serum. two. Another two. No, that's a Roji. Oh. I, I rolled a... Yeah. 18. No, 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 you did roll. No, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. Oh, you rolled another two. Wow, that's two, two. You can only roll a one, a two, or a seven. That's all you ever roll. I'm going to do it again. There's an eight. Finally. How am I not fulled up? That's your Wait first a minute. How am I not me. at full? Now okay, you're full. and I'm going to rest. Yeah. Ten minute rest. Okay. Now you're totally full. How many, uh, how many points do we have as far as uh, four? Resolve? Four? Oh, that's plenty. You have tons of resolve. You have four out of seven, so you're okay. You only got three serums left. Uh, during that resting stage, Hiroji is digging around in the dirt and finds that this was their like little lair, and there is a intact, partially eaten skeleton in the sitting position underneath all this ash. And it looks like its armor and flesh have more or less long rotted away. But across its lap is a thin, jagged, rusted piece of metal. On it is some barely legible words in Castrovellian, no Ooh, less. I can read that. Yes, you can. It says, Amora Evacuation. Oh. Am Amora Evacuation? Sure yes. It's probably a trading company of some sort. Looks like a logo. Uh, Mo is going to say that he's going to <laughs> he's going to try to mimic uh, Hiroji. He d does not know Castrovellian. He's going to try to activate. Oh, wait, he doesn't have the glove. Never mind. I say, hmm, Amora evacuations. Let me roll a culture to see what I know about that. Hmm. Is that a military you have culture? No thing? idea what it is. You can probably look it up. No. But you can probably look it up on Space Google when you get a chance. However, you also find quite a bit more. You find four bars of what appear to be pure silver next to the skeleton. Like really? he's kind of sitting on it. In addition, Mr. Rusty was standing on some other dead bodies. That's disgusting, Rusty. Ew. No, I immediately get off of those dead bodies, but I do look. Okay. There's two dead bodies like in the silt underneath you where you were standing. These are large dead bodies, and Mo checks them out. It looks just like those that creature, that sniper you just fought. Mm -hmm. 
So the Sarcesian, those are those very large creatures that can sort of fly. They're, they actually live on the asteroids. This is their home. And they have... Their armor is torn up and useless. But they got gear on them. They look pretty fresh. Like they've been That's only here a What's couple of days. What gear? You know that wonderful rifle that Mr. Hiroji has? The advanced Disporian rifle? Two of them are on them. You find two tactical dueling swords and two cred sticks. Well, we'll take the cred sticks anyway. Well, if the others might be worth something, you never know. Well, selling stuff is only like 10%. Yeah, selling, but right? we also got to carry it. That's four bulk. Actually, no, that's six bulk. True. We could take it back to the ship. We could take some of the yeah. stuff back to the ship. Well, those advanced rifles are worth almost 4,000 credits. Oh, 400. Hey, that's 1,600. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can sell we sell them for? That, I mean, yeah, it's the problem. Well, well, well yeah, so you sell them no, for 400. No, you sell them for, they're actually 3,750, 3, so you sell them for 375 yeah, each. We'll drag those back to the ship. Yeah, I only need one. I mean, it'd be cool if anyone else could use it, but I, don't I could, think but I don't want to. No. Uh, what about the. Well, you can drag them. We'll just say party loot and throw it back to the ship. Uh, do you want to look at the cred sticks? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. 1,500 credits nice. each. All right. Excellent. That's good. I like That's... the credits. Sweet. Now those big bars of pure silver are probably worth something too if someone can do some what checks. What kind of checks would those be? I can do some checks. Um culture, maybe? Um Yeah, culture. <laughs> he is so no, no gets a five. He's <laughs> like they're they're pretty. Ooh, Hiroji only gets a he thirteen. Well, they're silver. It's real silver, but you have no idea what they're worth. If anyone else has culture, maybe they can figure it out. All right, I'll give a shot. Jason, do you have culture? I do, actually. Maybe. Hmm. Tuttle is at eighteen. Let's see what. Uh, let's see what Mister uh, Rusty gets. Nope. Tuttle looks them over. He bites them, shines them. He's like, "This, sir, is four bars of pure silver, worth on the open market a little less than five thousand credits." That's jackpot. You better let Mo carry those. Those. You know, those we don't want to lose. Nice. So in this little nook, you guys found about 8,000 credits worth of stuff. That's awesome. We need it. We need yeah, that Yeah, pretty much. I, yeah, I, yeah, that all it. goes to most. Yeah, what, we, what we didn't find is a, you know, any sort of complex or way in or uh, anything. Well, I don't know. we'd still have that one little shiny area to the southwest, uh, southeast. I mean, money is... Top priority and cultists are secondary. Yeah, well, there's also other piles. I don't think we have searched through those. The, the one pile we searched to the west. Yeah, I know that. I don't think we searched to the north or the northeast. You have not searched to the north. The only area you kind of searched, quite frankly, the only area you searched is you searched the the pool of acid. You searched the dead corpses, and you searched this oh. crescent area. Oh, we didn't do That's the, it. the areas to the you... west. I thought we did the silvers. Okay. No. Right. No. No. Like, you guys have kind of been going through it. This is the first. Those are the first times you've actually started to search through these uh, mounds, because it takes a while. So, Do we, Is there more to be found here, or is it everything? Yeah, we're going to great hot this area. I mean, spend... we got plenty of time. You got Plenty it. of time. You can spend an hour... 
you Greyhawk, you you go, you push through the silt, you like kick it all around. You found those two, three dead bodies. Otherwise, yeah, that was all that was here. They were heavily buried under there. It looks like these creatures like kind of lived in the silt and the sand, and they just kept them buried and were eating them. And these two, these two undead uh, Sarcesians, they appear to be very recent and very recently dead. And similar to the one that you fought uh, in the They're north. part of a Mora evacuation, I'm guessing. No, that was... You don't know. That other one was Old Bones. Oh, uh, okay. And that one was Lashunta. Um, oh, right. Okay. So. I mean, can we just Greyhawk right. like one pile after another and just say that we do that? Uh, I mean, sure. we'll use the pike yeah, technique moving through, but, you know, it's going to take time. Yeah. Yeah, we can speed things and up so, a little. And search in here, too. Okay, you search that little nook and cranny in the front, and you spend some time and you find nothing in that area. Okay. Let's just do the clockwise thing. Let's start at 5 o'clock. You yeah. want to search down there? Search here. Search what the, are you searching We're going through the that. silver uh, Stuff. ash. We have, we have uh, yeah. gold fever we now. Hit we, some, we, hit, gold, we hit paper yeah, in there. Gold so. rushes, you? Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten gold crazy, or silver crazy. You are, you are. You're like, hey, uh, you search, you guys kick it around. You got, you got uh, Cheddar using his vacuum attachment to like vacuum it up. Uh, nothing. You find, you find nothing in that, uh, that, that dust pile in the middle of the asteroid. I was actually thinking maybe we should check that pile up where the sniper, where the first sniper. Yeah, was. I've already moved Mo up to. Yeah. Car. Well, that's a pile. The sniper was on top of the. Um, yeah. Well. So, yeah, okay, so you go to that pile of stuff, and you find, searching through it, a humanoid corpse. Ooh! Ah, See, we would have caught this sooner, yeah, if we were crazy in combat. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, we greyhawked the area. Okay, so... Okay, in the five-foot deep pile of silvery ash, in that crevice in the north, right by that sniper, you find the presence of a months-old humanoid corpse dressed in tattered black and red rags. You can give me a life science check, figure out what the heck they're looking at, as well as a mysticism check. Man, I'm rolling bad. Two for a 14. Believe it or not, Hiroji is more than enough. Oh, my God. Mo wrote a perfect 20 for mysticism. Oh, my God. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. Okay, Hiroji, you find out that this corpse was once human. And Mo, Mo himself, finds out that the iconography on this corpse's clothing as symbols of the cult of the Devourer. Ooh. In addition, you find... A ring on its finger. And the ring appears to be very, very nice. Very, very nice. In fact, I can tell you right now. Well, it's this magical. will be the thing that Mo puts on. Okay. But you got to do a check to figure out what well, it is. What I kind of like about this 17? is that we are following the exact opposite of basic Pathfinder protocol, which is you never put the magic item on until you've identified it. Because it's probably oh, that's true. true. That's true. But you're... Oh, yeah, no, no, you're yeah, that's it true. On. Go, go. Uh, yeah, yeah, he put it on. Mysticism 15, you have no oh, idea. Oh, no, I'm putting it on. Oh, believe me, I'm putting it yes, right, right on. Ring. 
Hey, let me let me take a look at that. That is the one ring. Oh, Orochi 23, you kidding? Uh, you figured it out. You figured it out. Oh, yes. You know what it is? What? A ring of sustenance. Ooh. That's like, that's like literally from Pathfinder. <laughs> they, Excellent. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is straight out of Pathfinder. I tell Mo, I tell Mo that's a um, ring of weakness. You might want to give it to me. <laughs> no, right, like actually this is a good ring. I, I don't know what that is. So don't you already have the ion yeah, stone? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I have the ion oh stone. I said, actually, this, you yeah, already have yeah, it. But he really, <laughs> he really doesn't. I actually, I say oh that. No, this actually is. Uh, this allows you to not this, have to eat or drink. Uh, does anybody? All right, Mo presents it to you guys. Who wants to be immortal? Well, not only that, you only need to sleep two hours each wow. night. How about Rusty that? immortality? Can you handle it? But it takes a week. Uh, I'm looking forward to I mean, how could that happen? It takes a week to oh, a tune wait. or something. Rusty's yeah, dead. He, he doesn't want it. No, oh, I'm not a dead. What are you talking about? Look at you. Look at you. You're a mess. Is he a mess? Rusty always looks oh, like well, he just stepped he out of this. a salon. He looks fantastic. All right, well, um, he looks wonderful. He looks wonderful. He's dapper. Uh, Clothes make the man. That's what they say. <laughs> I look fabulous <laughs> always. Seriously, he always looks. He always looks. He's like put together, and like he just always looks like a million bucks, no matter what the circumstance. Uh, it, he really does. I'm sorry. It's just his thing. I'm not kidding. Yeah, this just, is not a joke. Um, actually, okay, so anyhow, yeah, you find that ring. All right. Um, I guess I'll put it on. We'll, we'll sell it. You know. Uh, Tuttle, do you care? Do you want this thing? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to claim it and the glove for the moment, but the, I'm just kind of holding the glove temporarily. It's kind of cool. It goes with the glove. And actually, Tuttle would appreciate because, you know, having to eat and drink is a tremendous time Oh, that's time true. Waste you could just work tirelessly. So, as a, oh, a role-play thing, that means more hours to I work on his could, research. So he actually, actually kind of would like it. probably speed up your crafting. Well, if nobody else minds, then Tuttle wouldn't mind taking it. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, go for it. Moe's just going to... He he he's he would miss his beauty sleep too much. He's he doesn't want two hours of sleep. Also, we know we all know Mo's love of yeah, food. Yeah, so that's true. That's, he's always yeah. looking for the breakfast buffet. That's like and stuff, uh, so. all right. So if that's okay with everyone else, sure. I'll take the ring. All yours, one for each hand. All right, so. Hey everyone, Steve here. So there we go. We finish up episode number fifty-three with a fight. Just like we finished up episode, well, not one, but episode two of our show. Lots and lots of fights. After all, we do call the roll for combat. This was kind of an odd fight in that they sort of went out of order. This was supposed to be an easier fight, and if you look at the map, they were supposed to go to this fight before they fought that acid monster a few episodes ago. These are actually the babies of those acid monsters. These are the things that actually came out of those dead chests. They're sort of like alien-like species where they get laid as eggs inside dead creatures and then they pop out and then they grow into these monsters so this wasn't exactly the most difficult combat it wasn't difficult terrain but a couple of these guys already have ways around it especially hiroji and you know at level five they seem to finally be getting into their own with their combat abilities and their weapons 
As for this week, I wanted to talk about, well, Roll for Combat. As everyone knows, this is the one-year anniversary of Roll for Combat. And I just wanted to talk about, oh, what it means to us and how it all got started and all that fun stuff. I know I've talked about this a little bit in the past, but I figured, eh, refresher for everyone. So first of all, as you all know, we have been playing together for a very, very long time. I myself have been playing for about 41, 42 years of role-playing games, starting with D&D way back in the 70s. Most of these guys also started back in the 70s and early 80s in their role-playing lives. In fact, the only one of us who isn't a heavy role player is John Stats, who played on and off. Ironically, he's the one who got a job because of his role-playing experience as a professional gamer. He obviously worked at Blizzard, and he did most of the dungeons in World of Warcraft. And in fact, he just wrote a book about it, and it's on Kickstarter, and it just passed over half a million dollars. And is the most funded non-fiction book in the history of Kickstarter, so check that out. It's actually a really good book. But anyhow, he used to love making dungeons and maps so much... He started to do it in 3D tools like Quake and such, and because of that, he got a job as the first 3D level designer ever at Blizzard, and the rest is history. Although he played role-playing games the least amount out of all of us, he ended up getting a job that has influenced, I don't know, millions and millions of people all over the world because everyone has played his dungeons. If you've played World of Warcraft, you've played something that he's designed, which is pretty cool if you think about it. Anyhow. Let's start off at the very beginning. I, myself, Stephen Glicker, had a podcast called Gaming Steve for a very long time that I started almost 15 years ago that was about video games. And this was right in the very beginning of podcasting. It was a very, very popular podcast for quite a long time. However, I sort of stopped it for various reasons. Some of it had to do with timing, and I started a family, and I moved. So anyhow, I was doing that on and off for quite a long time. I learned how to do podcasting, the ins and out. And obviously what I do for a living is I make Fortune 500 websites. So all the technology I have easily accessible at my fingertips. But we were playing Adventure Paths for years and years and years. First, we were doing it obviously in person when we all lived near Manhattan. And we all would just go into a city and we'd play at our friend's Seth's house. I've mentioned him a few times. Maybe one day I'll try to get him on the show. And we would just go through adventure paths. The very first one being Age of Worms. My favorite one of all time. The craziest one of all time. You've heard me mention it quite a bit. People have been trying to play it on Discord. I tell you, it's 12 parts. It goes from level 1 to like level 23 or so. And it was written for 3.5. There are conversions for it for Pathfinder. It can be done. But it is extremely combat heavy. A very, very combat heavy adventure path. So it would probably take years upon years to actually play on discord but go forward if you guys think you can do it i will definitely try to help if anyone wants to try to do it i will not run it because i do not have the time but i do love age of worms i think it is the best adventure path ever written period after that we played multiple adventure paths all through paizo we love them quite a bit and really the one i wanted to start with was iron god several years ago i thought that would have been excellent However, some of the people did not want to get recorded and they felt doing a podcast, well, wasn't in their best interest. So 
We never got it off the ground. I kind of regret that big time. That's right when actual play really sort of exploded, and we would have been right there at the beginning, which sort of stinks. It would have been the exact same people, except we were going to be doing Iron Gods, which is kind of like Starfinder. It's just in Pathfinder. And there was a lot of fun. Jason's character was completely goofy. I've told stories about him. He kept drinking this elixir that would mutate him and turn him into different creatures and just give him weird superpowers. And by the end, he actually did become a mutant and got insanely powerful, a strength of like 26. It was crazy. And again, all at random luck. So that was a really fun adventure path. But then when I went to PaizoCon and I saw Starfinder, I said to these guys and I sat them down and I said, here's the deal. We're doing a podcast. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think you'll enjoy it. We've been playing for 40 plus years. I think we need something to mix it up and let's just do it. Somehow I convinced them all and well, the rest is sort of history. We started the podcast. Things have come a long way in the last 15 years. I have a lot more access to technology and being able to do this over the internet is a lot easier. Everyone can be recorded into separate channels. I can edit everyone, add music, balancing, all that stuff. 15 years ago, it was an actual nightmare to try to do podcasts. No technology was out, just the bare bones basics. And now we have everything you could ever imagine. So one thing I do want to mention is that podcasting has really changed us. We all met this last weekend in Cleveland. Don't ask why. We all met in Cleveland. And one thing we were talking about is how we have changed as players because of the podcast. We are much more aware of how we're playing. We're much more aware of what we're doing is trying to be not just fun for us, but entertaining for you. And one thing that's changed a lot is for me as the GM, I have to be very careful with the rules and make sure I'm trying to get them right. Because one of the most common things I hear is people listen to our show to know how they should run Dead Sons. So I make it quite a bit of a point to make sure that I get the rules right. And if I do get the rules wrong, I explain later that I got it wrong and what the right rules should be. I make it a point that we try to be as accurate as possible. I know we're pretty close. And if we're not... Just call us out on it. I want to make sure that we get the rules right so that everyone knows that we're playing correctly, rules as written. And obviously, that's one of the big differences between our podcast and others, where I know a lot of them focus only on story and rules are kind of, eh, rules is optional, I like to call it. But we go rules as written, and we try to do story, and we try to do role-playing, and I think it can be done. So some general questions that people have asked us over the years, or I hear over and over again, I'm going to talk about. One of them is what my favorite actual play podcast is. It is Harmontown with Dan Harmon and Spencer Crittenden. They play Pathfinder on their show, and it is a heavily abridged version of Pathfinder, but they are very, very, very funny. They have over 300 episodes, and they're very long so it might take you a bit of time to go through them all. Good news is a few months ago they reset their campaign so you could start off at the beginning. They're also extremely drunk when they play, so do keep that in mind. It's an acquired taste, but I love it. Another question we get quite a bit everywhere where we go, at the discords, everywhere is, why don't you guys do X, Y, and Z? Why don't you guys use this ability? Why don't you guys power game? And quite frankly... We talked about this even when we were in Cleveland. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a total newbie and just using the simplest rules possible, 10 being ultra hardcore and breaking the game in every way possible, we are playing at around a 6. Now trust me, these guys can play up to 11 if they really wanted to. If we were playing like Tournament Pathfinder or Tournament D&D, we would be playing at 11+. plus. 
I used to actually run tournament D&D for Goodman Games for a long time, and these guys would test every adventure, and they would play at 11 to 12. They would break everything. And not only that, they would get through these adventures, bleeding encounters. These adventures were so hard, they were designed that one encounter would kill you dead. These guys would bleed encounters and still come out ahead with broken characters. They know all the tricks. They know how to power game. But we don't. We do it on purpose because power gaming is boring. It's much more fun to play characters that aren't fully OP. And quite frankly, this took a long time. This is a combination of we do it both for the podcast and for ourselves. When we first started out, Chris is by far the worst of them. Every one of our characters was maxed out. Every single one of our characters was OP. And you know what? It really wasn't that much fun. And we had someone else in our group, this guy Adrian... And he would make his characters, not gimped, but they would have specific traits. Like they would only use one weapon throughout the entire Pathfinder campaign. And that's it. They wouldn't even make it a plus one or plus two weapon. He would just use one weapon and never change out weapons ever. And you know what? It was so much more fun and so much more interesting playing a character with very specific rules and sort of limiting what they did from a role-playing standpoint that everyone has followed suit. And whether they do it consciously or unconsciously, it's made the game a lot more fun. And as a GM, I also do the same thing. We have an unwritten rule. If they don't go crazy, I won't go crazy. Am I not doing things that will outright kill them and just decimate the party? Yes. Are they also doing things that won't just destroy the campaign and power game through every single fight? Yes. We've both been keeping the gloves on in a way. Now, when it gets to things like boss encounters... Then they take the gloves off and they go full force, and so do I. But really, for some of these smaller encounters, you know, it's a lot more fun if they get to use their powers, if they get to try out everything, if they actually play differently in every single encounter instead of using the exact same tactics every single time, which is the power game point of view. So yes, do we play not as hardcore as we should? That is true. We are aware of it. We do it on purpose. We think it's more fun for us. We think it's more fun for you. And don't worry, if things go crazy, they will ramp it up when necessary. And finally, I wanted to talk about personally how this has changed for us. When we first started this, I really didn't know how it was going to be received. I was hoping it was going to be received pretty well. Obviously, Starfinder was a new system. I was always surprised there really weren't that many Pathfinder actual play podcasts out there. There's obviously a ton of them for Dungeons and Dragons, hundreds and hundreds of them, and even other systems. But for Pathfinder, there's very, very few. And for Starfinder, even to this day, there's not that many. So I thought, okay, well, let's put one out. Hopefully, people who like this system will have something they can listen to. Obviously, it's kind of annoying that we're all doing Dead Sons because it's the only one out there. But very soon, with the new Adventure Pass coming out, and now it's going monthly, we'll have new ones. But one thing that was fun is that, well, the podcast did great right away. We had thousands of listeners from day one. Some of it was probably due to some of the contests we ran. One of the things is I was already friendly with several people at Paizo, so it was easy for me to get them on the show. But then over the last year, I've gotten friendly with a large amount of the community. One of my favorite podcasts that covers everything Paizo is No Direction, and I got very friendly with those guys. I talk to them all the time. Those are great guys. I went to PaizoCon. I've already been there a few times, but this year we really met with all the developers, met with everyone at Paizo, got very friendly with everybody. Now they're coming on the show more often. Obviously, we launched the Discord, and in January, I just said, you know what? Let's just try a play-by-Discord game. I just thought I'd try one out. 
all of a sudden it exploded people loved it we've run dozens and dozens of games we have i think 21 22 tables going right now for everything from pathfinder playtest to starfinder to pathfinder society became an official lodge for paizo and now it has really become this whole little group People play on the Roll for Combat Discord server, people listen to the show, people talk about the games, and you know what? It's nice. I wanted to contribute back to the society, the game that I love. Hopefully, people get something out of this. They have fun. They listen to the show. They go to the Roll for Combat Discord. They can talk to other people listen to the show, or if they just want to talk about the game itself. They can talk about what's happening in their campaigns. They can talk about some ideas they want for their campaigns. And just, you know, BS and chat all about role-playing games. Because when I was a kid growing up, we didn't really have this. You know, it was like a few kids in school we would talk to, and that was it. And if you went to camp, you talked to a few kids. But there wasn't hundreds of people or conventions you can go to. I mean, yes, there was Gen Con, but when you're a kid, you can't go to Gen Con. So it was mostly comic book conventions and things like that. But recently, geekdom has exploded, and now it's everywhere. So it's nice to add to this huge society of geekdom in some small way. So finally, finally, what are the plans for the future? Well, very simple. We're not really going to change it that much. We're going to continue going through the Dead Sons Adventure Path. As I said before, we're trying to make it a little bit faster, so we try to finish within the next year. There's a lot more Adventure Paths coming out for Starfinder. The one I really want to do is Signal of Screams. We're going to continue doing Starfinder Society Adventures. I actually have some recorded. I just haven't had time to edit and put them up because the last two months have been crazy. But I'm going to put those up. I'm also getting a lot more interviews for Paizo people. We're trying to get an interview for pretty much the author of every single Starfinder adventure path module which means we should have an interview of at least one per month and we're also going to do the pathfinder adventure path modules as well especially this last year because the adventure path modules are crazy they're doing some nutty stuff in these last two ones so i want to try to get those guys out so figure a minimum of one to two paizo people are going to come on the show per month and i'm also going to get at least the author of every module we have try to play with us and play some NPCs and mess up my guys just like they've done in the past. So there we go. I know we didn't cover everything. Jace McDonald is going to be writing a much longer talking combat this week and he's going to talk about what one year means to him. So make sure you do check that out this week on the website at rollforcombat.com. As for show notes, don't forget I'm still going to have a contest. Go into the Discord. If you aren't a member, just go to discord.rollforcombat.com. Join. Go to the general channel and just tell me what your favorite moment of the show is. There's no right or wrong answer. You can say something that other people have said. Yours doesn't have to be unique. Don't worry about it. I just want to know. It's just fun. I tell the other guys because they don't read the Discord nearly as much as I do. Just to let you know how it works. I read the Discord 100% of the time. I read everything. And then I tell everyone else what was said on the Discord because for whatever reason they don't have time or they're just not on it so they don't see it as much as I do. Jason's on it a fair amount and when we're actually playing Bob jumps on but otherwise Chris and John I don't know why they don't really go on the Discord that much but I tell them everything. If you guys say something about them or mention them I read it to them they want to hear it they still love it. So again tell me the funniest thing or your favorite thing from the show. We're going to go into a contest I'll reveal it next week and we'll give out something cool just for you. Don't forget, do subscribe to us on iTunes and Android, and do review us, please. We only have a couple of hundred reviews on iTunes, and we have thousands of listeners out there. So just go to iTunes and give us a star rating. It really helps us out. 
Also, don't forget, go to the Discord channel. You want to play some Starfinder, some Pathfinder, whatever. We got tons of games on there. New ones starting all the time. Also, if you GM or get up to level 10, you get a free t-shirt. That's right, free t-shirt. Don't forget, follow us Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Check out the Reddit channel. Check out the Patreon. We got lots of pictures up there. Lots of people. If you want to have unique Starfinder content just for your people, become a Patreon for us and you will get new content just for your Starfinder games. And finally, I was looking at the release schedule and wow, we have a couple of new interviews coming up. Look out for those. And Alien Archive 2 comes out like in a few weeks, which kind of snuck up on me. I got to get that and we'll put up a review. We'll do what we normally do. We'll get the book early. We'll put up a review as soon as possible. We'll talk about it. I'm very excited. I really feel like the game is progressing nicely. Now it's been past the first year for Starfinder. I feel like they're really expanding. I feel that Armory was a gigantic addition to the game that really added a lot without power gaming, which is great because that's very hard to do. And I also feel like the new adventure paths are really well done. So I'm very excited to see Alien Archive 2 and to see what there's coming out in that book. Oh, and then finally, if you look on the new Signal of Screams page on the Paizo site, you'll see my name because, yes, I will tell you what I did. I designed a monster. Yes, I started out simple. I have one monster in there, but I will tell you it is the monster that is highlighted in the module. I have two pieces of unique artwork for my monster. I did not call for that. They liked my monster so much that they made it a feature of the module. I am very excited. I will talk about this more as it gets closer to release. I will say that this monster is a fun monster that can be easily added to any Starfinder campaign at any time, anywhere. And he is very, very deadly. He will easily, or she, will kill your PCs dead. Great addition. You're all going to love it. With that, I will talk to you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com or drop us a line at contact at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember, they're in the computer?